Episode 51 with Brent Cole of the Nine Point Start the Dream Podcast. Welcome to Nine Point Started with a Dream Podcast. Our goal is to showcase the stories of athletes and the community that supports them by being authentic about their journey. Here's your host, Jacoby Gillum. Hey guys, welcome back to the podcast. I'm your host, as always, Jacoby Gillum. This episode is going to be really good for anyone that you know lives in a small town but has big dreams. You know, we can all relate to you know, and having people tell us because we're from XYZ that our dreams can't be possible because no one, no, no one from our area comes out of there. And Brent Cole's journey kind of beats all those odds and what he's doing now in Wills County, North Carolina to kind of help his athletes achieve their version of greatness and achieve their goals. So a great episode here with Brent and hope you enjoy and let's get to it. Brent, the question I'll start with everyone comes on is when you were younger as an athlete, what was one of your bigger dreams or goals you wanted to achieve? Um, one, of the, one of the major goals that I wanted to achieve when I was um, when I was younger up and coming is most same goal for everybody else that every young basketball player has is to make it to the NBA. Um, you know, and, and I've seen it. You, you can see that dream and you can see you making it, but, you know, as a kid, you don't realize how far away that, that dream is and how hard it is to work to get there. And the, when you say that, so where are you from? Because, like, is it a big town, big big city type market? No, I'm I'm from one of the um, – I'm from a little country town. It's called Wilkes County. It's in North Carolina. Um, it's it's not. We have we just recently got Olive Garden and you know restaurant major restaurants here. We have literally we have nothing here. Walmart is our major att- attraction. No malls, no nothing. So you know when I was growing up, we didn't even have the only restaurant we had around was Applebee's. You know nothing else. So one of the smallest markets you possibly can go to. So being from like a small town, small city, like how do you go about building your dreams? Because you don't really hear a lot of stories about the athletes in a small town, you know, going to the big leagues. How do you, how do you and your friends kind of just kind of cultivate that dream of wanting to do bigger things? I don't know really. Um, growing up, I'm a Tar Heels fan. You know, it was, that was my first goal was to get to get to Carolina and go to Carolina and play at Carolina. Um, and then the older I got, you know, the more understanding of basketball that I got, I realized that, you know, once I got to Carolina, the next step would be to go to the NBA. Um, I started playing basketball a little bit later than most of the kids around here. I didn't really start dialing in the basketball until I got to about the eighth grade. Um, I played in sixth grade, but it was just YMCA ball during basketball season, and that was it. And then seventh grade, I tried out for the team. Really thought I was going to get cut from the team. Made the team, didn't get any playing time. Sat at the end of the bench. Just fine. I was just happy to be on the team. Um, did all the work. And then going into eighth grade, I really started to take it serious. And that's when, you know, people started saying, oh, you really athletic. You know, you might have a chance to go play some serious basketball. And that's when I started to really dial in and focus on trying to uh, pursue it and play professional basketball somewhere Well, in the NBA at the time. So, so you say you kind of started to dial in a little bit to kind of focus more on your dream. What is what does that mean for you? Like, like what does that look like for you when it can be like you kind of dialed it down or dialed it into whatever you focused on? It meant it meant dedication four seven. Um, you know, and this is it, you you hear about these stories all the time about you know you got to outwork everybody else. You got to work hard when everybody's sleeping. You got to work. You know, you hear about it all the time on the internet now, but growing up. 
97, 98, 99 when I was in when I was in high school. I'm sorry, when I was in high school, 98, 99, 2000, 2001. You know, it was the internet wasn't as viable as it is now. It wasn't as you know everybody didn't use it for what they use it for now. So um, I didn't truly know that you know you needed to breathe, sleep, and eat basketball. But that's the only thing that I knew when. I wanted to actually do it. I'm like, okay, this is what I want to do. You know, I don't know what everybody else is doing, but I'm going to start playing basketball 24 seven. I'm going to work out. Um, I was lucky. I was lucky enough. I'm at the YMCA right now, but this is a new YMCA that they, it was an old YMCA and my dad used to be a janitor at the old YMCA. Um, and so I would have to stay with him for countless hours till two or three in the morning whenever he got off work and, you know, when I was there and he was cleaning out the entire, you know, facility by himself, I sat in the gym and I just played basketball and played basketball and played basketball all the time, trying to perfect my craft. So, you know, during the summers of my eighth and ninth grade year, and that really sent my game to the next level. Okay, so so when you were, so you're in high school, you're, you're kind of feeling out that you have a chance to kind of go to the next level. How was that in your area? Was was it were, you, were your friends supportive? Were you kind of go get the competition that was kind of high level? Like, how did that look in a smaller town? Um, it was you know nobody from my town really went and played basketball um, off to college and really really excelled like that. So it wasn't really heard of um, here for this small town. Everybody just you know they would go to college, but it wasn't for sports. Um, and then they would end up back here um, after they finished college. Nobody ever really ventured out. I mean, small town, you really, you, they, we really stay tight amongst each other. Everybody knows everybody kind of thing. Go to the same places and eat, you know. So um, when me, and it was actually a couple of friends of mine that really dreamed and aspired to, to be more and to go play basketball and do other things, you know. So when we're talking about it, you know, of course, it, it, you know, everyone around here kind of had their doubts. Like, oh, you know, you guys are just going to be just like everyone else that talks about it and doesn't go and play basketball, doesn't do this, doesn't do that. So, you know, um, it was kind of hard, uh, especially especially when your closer friends kind of kind of doubted you and, you know, your teammates doubted you, told you you wasn't going to make it. Um, it. It was tough, but I wouldn't change any of it. Um, all the doubt, all the hate everybody that you know believed in me it all helped me to, to achieve the goals that I wanted to achieve and to be the player you know that I was throughout my career um, so every time every time I would work out and I would want to stop working out it, it literally was like hearing friends and, and people in my head saying you're never going to get out of Wilkes County because that's what I was told I was never going to get out of Wilkes County you're never going to get out of Wilkes County you're going to play basketball in high school and then you're going to get you a job Lowe's corporation is here so that's what everybody wants to say you're going to get a job at Lowe's or Tyson Foods like you know that was one of the two jobs to get here so um, it just really pushed me um, all the doubt and, and all the pot I had a lot of support with my family my family supported me heavily you know but um, all the doubters helped me out just as much as the support did so like I know like I know like our IG kind of has a lot of athletes that reach out saying you know I'm from a small town, people don't support me. I don't have any like people like kind of giving me encouragement to pursue my dream. So what if I, we kind of give those athletes that are in a smaller town 
to kind of just say, hey, you can do it. This is how I did it type type thing. Yeah, um, and that that's one of that's one of the main reasons, you know, I started doing what I was doing as far as trying to help any and everybody that I possibly could to achieve. Um, you know, on, on my Instagram, it, it's in my bio, it says, you know, I will help. You know, I'm trying to help athletes pursue their dreams because, you know, as, as a as a small town, small market, um, you do get overlooked a lot. Um, you get a lot of people saying, you know, you you think they're going to come look at you when they can, you know, they can go to Charlotte, the closest city to us, really, Charlotte or Winston, and get some of their players. Um, because when I first when I first got out of Wilkes County. You know, everybody around here told me I was athletic. I, you can jump really high. You know, you, you, you're fast, but wait until you get to the city. Then you're going to see what true athleticism is. So, you know, in my mind the entire time, I'm thinking these guys are going to jump over my head. They're going to outrun me. I'm not going to be able to keep up. And, and that was the mentality that I got from people that's in, in my area. But then when I got down there, I saw that. I'm just as fast. I jump just as high, if not higher, and, and outrun these guys. So, you know, the, the advice that I would give to guys is coming from a smaller market, you know, and, and coming from a small town is just because people don't understand your dream and your vision doesn't mean that it's not going to happen. Because that's all I heard was, you know, it's, it's not going to happen. You know, I moved high schools when I was a junior. My senior year, I reclassed at Charlotte Christian and moved to Charlotte. And all I heard the entire time was how much I was going to regret it and how it was the worst decision of my life, you know, to, to move from Wilkes County and go to Charlotte. And it turned out to be the best decision of my life um, because it, it helped me understand that just because I come from Wilkes County doesn't mean I can't compete with the guys from Charlotte and everywhere else. So the, the advice I'd give them is, is – if you believe that you can do it and you truly it's something you truly want to do is just to keep pushing through it because eventually you will break that barrier and you'll see that you're capable of doing everything that, you know, everything that you see and everything you dream you can do. That was fire. Um, so how did you end up getting an offer to go, go play in college? Um, once I, once I changed, once, once I switched schools and um, I reclassed and became a junior, it was, it was an eye-open experience for me, um, just because coming from this small town, I, I played the four position. I was power forward a lot, and I'm only six foot tall, but I jumped really high. So they would have me playing in the post. And when I went to Charlotte Christian, you know, our big men were six eight, six nine, and so that that led me to have to play the guard position, the one or the two, which is why I say it was the best thing that could happen because it made me realize that. I have to play a guard position. I can't just play a post position. If I were to try to go to college at six foot and play the power forward position or the small forward position, like, you know, it, it, wouldn't, it wouldn't have sat well for me. It wouldn't have done well for me. So I had to transition my game from inside player to be able to play inside and outside attack the basket. So um, when I went, when I went to, to Charlotte, um, it, it helped me. It helped me get on the radar of, of a couple of schools because of the level of competition we played. Um, but at the same time, even when I was here in Wilkes County, I went on an unofficial visit to Carolina. Um, I went to an unofficial visit to Carolina initially, but they knew that I played the four. And, you know, the whole time they're telling me, you need to be able to play the one or the two. 
Um, so w once I went to Charlotte Christian and, and you know, they allowed me to, to play that one or two position um, and allowed me to see that, that that would be my natural position from here on out for the rest of my career. It, um, it, it helped me, made it an easier transition to go to college. Um, and coming out, coming out of high school, um, I had, had Division I offers. Um, Appalachian State was looking at me. I, I committed I, Clemson. I, was, I went to Clemson almost every weekend. You know, I went to team camp down to Clemson. Um, I was recruited by Clemson, committed to Clemson, and then decommitted from Clemson um, because I got on Carolina's radar again and I wanted to go to Carolina. And this was my senior year. Um, call it a mistake, call it, you know, fate, whatever you want to call it. But, you know, about a month and a half after I decommitted from Clemson, I ended up twisting my ankle really, really bad. This was my senior year. Um, I twisted my ankle really bad. Um, first time I ever twisted my ankle. So the severity of it could have been minor, but from where it was my first time, I'd never experienced it before. So that sidelined me for about two to three weeks. Um, when I got back from it, went to, we played in a Dale Curry tournament, which is a major, major, major tournament in, in Charlotte. Um, Raymond Felton's played in it. JJ Reddick's played in it. Um, it's, it's just a really, it's a huge tournament. You see national level teams come and play in it on a regular basis. Um, playing in the first round of the, of the tournament, I was having a phenomenal game. Um, mid thirties, um, we was winning the game by about 20, set up a, the next game to play against, I think it was Cove Springs. I think it's the name of JJ Reddick's high school team. We were supposed to play against JJ Reddick. Um, in the next round, with about four minutes left in that game, my coach called a timeout, and that was the last thing I remember. And then I woke up in the hospital, had abscess on my tonsils, and it had closed my it had closed my tonsils and my throat up, and I couldn't breathe, and I'd passed out. So the next thing I remember was waking up in the hospital. So then, the twisted ankle and the surgery would set me out. Um, for the remainder of that tournament. Um, kind of made the schools take a step back away from me, including Carolina and Clemson. And then when I got back, I rushed back from my ankle injury because, like I said, it was my first time ever doing it. I rushed back from it. And when I got back from it, it was a little early, went out and played and twisted my ankle again about a week after I got back. And as soon as I did it that second time after that surgery, I was listed as injury prone and D1 schools wouldn't touch me unless I went to JUCO and showed that I could stay out of, stay injury free for a year. And it kind of pushed me away from um, wanting to do that because I had this crazy young mentality of I'm too good to, to go to JUCO, which was, you know, an immature, immature mindset because a lot, of, a lot of your good athletes, you know, go to JUCO for whatever reason, whether it be grades or injuries or, you know, whatever the case may be, to try to get back on track, you know, I figured that, you know, I would just go to a D2 school and, and you know, they were offer me at a D2 school and then I would just kind of go from there. So um, moving to Charlotte what was a great thing for me, you know, to allow me to, to play my natural position of, of a one or two, you know, 
but at the same time, especially to nowadays and age with the internet and you know everything and AAU basketball being so heavy that where you come from is not more important than what you do when you play you know and that's always been relevant but it is really really more relevant nowadays wow man that was a journey right there oh man was it ever (laughs) was it ever like to go from transferring schools that the ball and out, you, 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 you twist your ankle, then you, then you say you feel like you just passed out of the game. Yeah, I, I passed out in a game, and um, I know I had to be a scary event for my mom, but I remember going over to the sideline and just telling my coach, you know, he called a timeout, and I just said, Coach, I, I, I really I can't breathe good, and that was it. I was I was gone, and then I woke up in the hospital with my mom sitting there over top of me. And the first question, this is no lie. I asked her, you know, you know, what happened? And then the next question was, did we win the game? You know, did we win? Did we win? And she's like, yeah, y'all was up. Because I couldn't remember anything. She was like, yeah, y'all were up by, you know, a good amount. Yeah, we won the game. So, you know, it's, it, it was crazy to me that it that it even happened because you know something like that is just something you know random. Um, never knew, you know, that I had abscess on my tonsils, and that that is honestly, you know, abscess on anything is, is deadly. So, you know, I'm blessed and lucky and thankful that you know I was playing ball and it happened when and you know we was able to to get it taken care of, but. Yeah, it's just a random, a random thing, man. It was, it was crazy, but you know, it led me to, to the path I'm on now and and where I'm at now, and I love where I'm at now. Man, I love it. This name, like how it all just aligned. So to kind of go off like like what you're doing now and kind of how you got there. So how do you feel that that journey between like decommitting de- from from Clemson? To getting hurt, how do you think they kind of led you to where you are today? Because how do you think it, I guess like how do you think it would have been different if you would have went to Clemson or went the other route? Um, I think I, I think if I would have went to Clemson, um, I, I truly, truly believe, and you know, most most players would probably say this, but you know, I truly believe that I would I would have been playing in the NBA. Um, the guys that I played summer ball with and you know, high school basketball with and played against all NBA players. Um, Steph Curry, I played high school basketball with Steph Curry. You know, he was a freshman when I was a senior. He was on JV. I begged coach to put him on varsity because he came to our practice one time and, you know, you could see the, you could see the potential in him, but at five foot, 110 pounds, it's kind of hard to play varsity basketball, but um, played against JJ Reddick, Carmelo Anthony, when he went to Oak Hill, played against Oak Hill. Um, Amari Stoudemire, uh, Raymond Fell, and um, just played against a, a whole bunch of NBA players with or against them, Anthony Morrow, um, and, and, you know, competed with them all. I was that, I was in that same conversation with all of those players. You know, Carmelo Anthony was, a, was just, being honest, was a, was a step above the rest of us, especially coming out of high school. He was he was a notch above the rest of us. But, you know, as far as the rest of the guys, you know, it's the same breath. It was, you know, 
I was top 100 player in the country. Um, went to NBA camp when I was a senior in high school. You know, um, it, so it was the, the the journey and the path was there. You know, it, it was just aligned in the stars for me to do something different, and that's what you know, really geared me to this. And I still played professional basketball. You know, I still went overseas and played. I played in Ireland, played in Finland, played in Bosnia. Um, so I still, when I played in the Philippines, so I still went and played professional basketball. So I still got to live out my dreams as far as playing professional basketball. You know, I didn't make it to the NBA, but there's other paths than just the NBA. You know, um, you, there's, there's a whole bunch of stuff that can be done. Um, but with me, not going to the NBA and me playing, you know, basketball overseas, it kind of, and I cut my overseas career short um, just because I wanted to start my, the program up that I have now, which is my, my business name is called, it's Wilkes Hoop Group. Um, we really, we really gear specifically towards youth and training and basketball, um, being role models in general for the kids in the community. Um, far from, not only just with basketball, this will help them grow as individuals. Uh, we, we do a whole lot with the kids. We might have to bring us their report card. We gotta make sure they're doing what they're supposed to do in the classroom um, when the kids get in trouble. And we have about 140 kids in our program right now. With, we have 10 AAU teams. Um, you know, we, we, we have a lot going on, but we make sure we, we monitor, you know, all of our kids and make sure we put them on that right path, allow them to make decisions and, and for themselves, but also guide them within decisions that they're making. Um, because I did when I was younger, I got a lot of influence that I should go here and I should do this, that I should commit here and I should go there, you know, instead of making a decision for myself. You know, if I would have made the decision for myself about JUCO or no JUCO, would I have went to JUCO? I'm not sure. But it was, it was almost taken out of my hands because I listened to everyone around me. And as opposed to saying, I need to go division one, period. There's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. You know, I didn't make the right decision from a comfortable stance. There was, a, there was a college, and I'm not going to say the name of the college. It was a D2 school. Even when I was getting recruited by the Division I schools, when I went to that D2 school, I felt like this. I love this school. love everything about this school. It enticed me more than when I went to Clemson on my visit. It enticed me more than I walked around and went in the locker rooms at Carolina and talked to the coach. Like, it really and, – and I know it sounds crazy, so you tell a – a player choose a D2 school over a Division One school. It's not likely going to happen. But what I would tell a, a player to do is choose the school that fits you. Choose the college that you really, basically, fall in love with or you feel at home at, because that's where you're going to have to be for the next four, five years of your career potentially. So why not choose the best place that makes you feel comfortable and feel at home? So, you know, we, we get to help, we get to help talk to these kids and, and kind of lead them, you know, let them make their own decisions, but kind of tell them, you know, this is what we went through, make your decision on your own. But, you know, th th this is, this is your path. This is, 
your dream, but this is kind of what we did when we was growing up because all of my, all of, all of the guys that worked for me played college basketball. One of, one of the first kids I ever trained, his name is Armin Omanovic. He is a D3 All-American last year. And um, he, was, he is a phenomenal score. He averaged close to 30 points a game as a senior in college. Went to LaSalle College um, up in Boston. And he tore his ACL twice in his career, most recently. No, he tore it three times. He tore it twice in his career, and most recently, um, he, he tore it about two months ago. And he had dreams of playing overseas, of course, you know, and it kind of geared him to, to head in this direction in the same direction that I'm headed in. And with me going through it, it allowed me to talk to him like, this isn't the end of basketball for you. You know, there's other paths. You can help kids. Like you, you know, you can come and, and train kids is what I do. I train kids. You can come and train kids. You can come and coach. You, you know, there's other paths than just saying, I want to play basketball. And, you know, so it, it definitely allowed us the opportunity to, to help kids and kind of show them the path to go down. Man, I love that. I think our story and our journey can kind of help the next, you know, wave of athletes the one that are kind of just going through it themselves so 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 proud, much proud to be you doing that and, and kind of coming back to your hometown and and starting this so where do you so where do you plan to, to see this growing into um when i initially started it it was it was started as um just something to, to, to honestly kind of pass the time um something to do because I'd planned on going back overseas and playing. Um, so it's something over the summer that I'd planned to pass the time. But, but the more I did it, the more I fell in love with the path and watching the kids grow. So, you know, with, 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 the, with the envision that I had when I started, the envision I have now is completely different. I, I can see, you know, now that w I can grow my sports program, my AAU program to a program that can compete nationally. I mean, we have the players here in this small town of Wilkes County that can definitely compete and play. Um, I, have a, I have a girl right now, uh, Leah Church, who's a freshman at Carolina, who has Guinness Book of World Records for shooting the basketball. For She is an unbelievable shooter. You know, she has a record for most three-pointers made in a minute. Um, she was ten, she was ten or eleven shots away from breaking the record for most threes made in five minute span, with one rebounder. So, you know, her dad was just rebounding the ball and throwing it back to her, and she made 124 threes in five minutes, and shot at an 89% clip, which is absolutely ridiculous to shoot 89% for five minutes straight and your arms not get tired. You know, so we have players in this area and we can really, you know, put these players on the map. I have my little cousin in quotations because she's six three that's being recruited by Carolina and is being recruited right now by Duke, um, West Virginia, you know, and she's only a freshman in high school. So, you know, it's the talent in this area is unbelievable. And now the vision that I have for my program 
is to put that talent, let everybody see this talent that we have in Wilkes County and, you know, put it on a national stage so everybody can see it and just continue to grow and continue to reach out to kids and, and try to help them, you know, understand that the decision lies on them. We're just here to kind of, you know, help them get to their dreams and their goals as best po the best way possible. And that dope, I think, and hopefully, so Matthew has been kind of diverting from that. So say someone that's kind of like in your position right now that wants to kind of get back to their hometown, kind of kind of put their athletes on the map as well, what would be your advice on some steps maybe they can kind of take to start that journey and kind of do that same thing you're doing or same path? Um, there's it, it, it's a quite quite a few steps that you would that I would recommend that they take. First and foremost is you have to get the support um, from the kids in the area. The kids in the area have got to know you as you know a really a really dominant athlete, whatever it is that you, whatever it is that you sport it is, whether it's track, baseball, basketball, the kids have got to see you do that and, and to know that you know what you're talking about. So it's not just, let me show you this basketball move, or let me show you how to swing this baseball bat, or, you know, let me show you the, the proper form to run. Because if you cannot perform that stuff yourself, then they, they almost look at you like, why should I listen to you? You know, so if I tell a kid, you know, you got to come out here and you got to shoot the basketball like this. But then I come out there and I shoot from the three point line and I make one out of 10. Then it becomes to the point where, why should I listen to you? You made one out of 10 from the three point line. I can shoot better than you right now. So the first thing that you want to make sure that you can do is that when it is time to produce for the kids, because the kids love to see, like, let's give you an example. The kids love to love when people don't you know it's just it's just what they do so when they see me get out here and and they they see me dunk the basketball and then they see me shoot the basketball and i go eight out of ten nine out of ten ten out of ten then that gives them a reason to say my trainer is the best basketball player in this area or my trainer is the best baseball player in this area this is why i go to them that is the first thing that you want to do is get the kids in your corner the second thing is to have a good standing in your community. You can, it, it's, it's hard to send, be a good role model in your community. I don't hire anybody with my, with my business that has any kind of, you know, doubt in the community. Like, oh, well, I heard this person does this. And I know hearsay is going to spread, but you got, you wanna make sure that you separate yourself from the negativity and your business from the negativity. That's the only way it can grow. We deal with youth. We deal with kids in the community. I can't have somebody that is, you know, that works for me and they say, oh, I heard such and such did this. It's just, it's just not how a small town is going to be able to work at all because in a small town, everybody's going to know who you are. They're going to know about your business. They're going to know this and that. And they always try to find with with you got the same haters at i'm 34 i have the same haters at 34 
as I did at 14. So I'm going to have people saying, oh, I heard Brent does this. I wouldn't send my kid down there. You know, it's, it's just how it goes. So you have a good standing. So when people say that stuff about you, the parents say, no, he didn't. I don't believe that. Or no, she didn't. I don't believe that because she would never do that or he wouldn't do that. I know the type of person they are. So th them are the two things that you really want to get in your corner. If the kids, the, the kids um, looking up to you, I should say, as a as a, almost a superhero type thing where if anybody comes into town, it's like, no, you got to, Brent is the best player around here or you know, Jacoby's the best player. You got to have them to look up to you to that degree. And then for the parents to understand that you genuinely care about the kids because I truly care about the kids, you know, so you genuinely have to care about the kids, which will in turn mean you care about your, you know, your social life. You will never see anything crazy on my social media, on my Instagram, on my Snapchat, none of that, because, you know, I know, I understand that I'm a role model to the same degree that the NBA players are, but this is such so much more of a personal level thing and I wouldn't trade that for the world like I love the personal contact that I have with my kids that NBA players don't you know NBA players will go to you know an event there'll be a thousand kids there they speak to them they might meet a couple of them but then that's pretty much where it ends I see my kids on a daily weekly basis and I really form a connection with them and we you know I really I really can connect with them. So watching them grow, watching them graduate high school, watching them get, watching them get their license and start driving, it is really like milestones for me of watching my kids really take off and, and watching them go to college and stuff. So um, it, it is really, you really have got to connect with the community if you're trying to grow your business, if you're trying to start your business and you're trying to grow your business, you have to connect with the community first and then you'll see everything else will take off on its own. So much gold right there. I think you hit on a lot of points with kind of like understanding your brand. And because like, you know, know like what you want to represent as a person is as a business. So I think that's some fire advice you're giving people right there. So I'd be kind of working with wrapping a little bit. Um, um, where can people find more about you and what you're up to? Uh, I have, I'm on Instagram. Um, at you, you can look me up on Instagram, Brent Coles at whg underscore at whg um you can um shoot me a shoot me an email wilkes hoop group at yahoo.com um i'm on facebook type in brent coles the last name is spelled c-o-w-l-e-s uh really i'm on every social media so i'm not on twitter I, I, I don't have Twitter. That's the only one that I don't have. I, I definitely need to venture out and start get, and get on Twitter. But, um, you know, I'm, I'm, on, I'm on every other social media site possible because, you know, I, I, do, I do like staying in touch with, with everybody and everything, that, everything that's going on in basketball. I follow a lot, of, uh, a lot of my kids and stuff on there. So, you know, just you look me up on, on Instagram. Instagram will probably be the – be the key factor for me is the best way to to link up with me especially now because starting next week i'm going to start posting videos of um like different stuff that you know we'll be doing down at the gym different workouts i'm gonna kind of explain it um different drills and stuff so not not only the people that i'm working out be able to connect and kind of see through it but you know people that 
you know, in Arizona, for example, or New York or anywhere, anybody else that follows me on Instagram will kind of be able to, to apply it to their workouts the same way that, you know, we apply it to the, to my kids workout here. You know. Dope, dope. Um, and I'll add the link to all your stuff as well and make it easy for people to kind of find you as well when this comes out. So Grant, man, I just want to thank you for coming on. Like, I think you have a dope story. I think you're, what you're doing is so needed for athletes, not just in smaller towns, but across, across the U.S. to kind of hear someone that is relatable and they can reach out to and touch, you know? So, so, glad, so glad to have you on, man. Thank you. Oh, yeah, for sure. And any anytime, anytime any athlete, you know, it don't even have to be athlete that I train. Any athlete that, you know, wants to reach out to me, um, needs, wants to talk, um, you know, wants to, wants help in co- trying to get to college or, you know, just going through a tough time. I, I've been through it or I've heard about it, and I would def- I'm definitely be there to help any athlete. So, you know, I definitely appreciate you uh, taking the time and, and calling me, and, you know, I'm sure we'll talk in the future. Yo, thanks for listening to this episode of the Nine Point Started With A Dream podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please comment, share, leave a review. We would love to hear your thoughts. You can find more athlete-driven content at ninepoint.com. Till the next episode, you're only one opportunity away. Peace.